come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Ever heard of that? No. Nuclear Saturday. Well. Fuck. Okay. So before we start this episode, guys. Shout out to the boy Kevin Smith and well wishes to you. Take care of yourself, big guy. Yeah, get better soon, man. Isn't he back home? He's doing well, right? I mean, I saw that video from him in the hospital. That's all I seen. Oh, I didn't see that. He had what they call the uh, Widowmaker. Massive heart attack. Yep, that's the article that I read. But uh, tonight's topic is another Widowmaker, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) The Bigfoot? The Bigfoot. Well... Technically, there is not one. Sam Squatch. Oh, how do you know? Okay, well, let's just start the show. Coming to you live from sunny San Diego. Rainy it's a podcast San Diego. From, wow. Rainy? It's, it's, it is going to be rainy the next couple of days. You're right. It's the podcast from outer space, boys. Rob Scott here with my boy Adam Narlock. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. And Eddie Munster, a.k.a. Ryan Scott. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Shout out to Sam Adams. Great tasting beer, by the way. Please sponsor our podcast or send us a case of beer or, you know, something. And it's episode sweet 16 tonight, guys. And we are talking about Bigfoot, a.k.a. Sam Squatch, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call it. Um, Any other names? We were trying to find some earlier. Now, the Bigfoot. Now, have you guys ever seen a Bigfoot? I have not. I'm sitting right next to one. A lot of this research comes from, well, this research comes from all over. This one was a haymaker, a widowmaker of uh, research because surprisingly, there's a lot of content on Bigfoot. So the research for this episode mostly comes from an illustrated guide to reported alien species by David McDaniel, the SasquatchChronicles.com. A documentary called The Truth Behind Bigfoot, which I believe is on Amazon. Invasion on the Chestnut Ridge, also on Amazon. Great documentary. Check it out. And Field Notes on the American Sasquatch by David Norman. Now, pour one out for this guy. This guy actually disappeared in 94 while on an expedition in the Pacific Northwest, likely to find Bigfoot. And his body has never been recovered. Isn't that what uh, Kurt Cobain's thing about? Now, what do you mean? <laughs> you know what else has surprisingly never been recovered? What? Any Sasquatch bodies. Now, that's how you know this guy was legit, you know? Now, I don't agree with everything he says in his pamphlet, but, I mean, you got to give him credit. You got to tip your hat off to him going missing, searching for Bigfoot. Maybe he's hanging out with D.B. Cooper. <laughs> I was exactly. literally just going to say that. Um, so we'll start off with, you know, just some history, some background on uh, the old legend of Bigfoot. So according to uh, Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, what? No, I was just going to say, did you know that uh, 14% of all Americans believe in Sasquatch? And 14? where is that poll from? That was from... Uh, Scientific U.S. Don't call me out on that <laughs> shit right now. <laughs> now, 
Okay, so it's very scientific. Fourteen percent right out now. of how how many polled? Did it say? I gotta find the article again, but he was looking at a lot of polls this week. Okay. Weekend. Oh yeah, go ahead and search up <laughs> hairy aliens when you get a chance, people. That's not your just Google it for the week. All right, so getting into the history, so fourteen percent of Americans. Uh, claim Bigfoot is real, correct? That's what that's, you would say? That's what I read. Now, uh, according to Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, or BFRO, which my father is a member of, some 37,000 Bigfoot sightings have been reported in North America and Canada alone. Now, mostly these come from the Pacific Northwest, as this is believed to be the true home of Bigfoot. And your boy's just going to chime in here real quick with the fact that on the BFRO website, the great state of California is coming in number one with a solid 437 reports of Bigfoot sightings. And Oregon coming in second, 245. See, everything I read said Western Pennsylvania. Well. You guys didn't see anything like that? I mean, Pennsylvania is coming in with a couple hundred. but. So a couple hundred per year. But there's a lot more crazy people out here, wouldn't you agree? Oh, it's the land of fruits and nuts, my friend. So according to Norman, there are at least two types of Sasquatch seen in North America. Uh, the true Sasquatch, which is wide-ranging and seen across the country, and the skunk ape, which is limited to the swampy areas in the American Southeast. Now, he says the... True Sasquatch is commonly reported to be approximately 8 to 10 feet tall with proportionally shorter than human-sized legs, longer arms, and a long torso. The creature is almost always described as being extremely hairy, although the color of the hair can change. Some people claim that inconsistencies about the hair prove that people are faking the sightings, but Norman says this actually proves the opposite. You know, it's more concrete proof because different variations would exist among different species, you know, just like dogs. Mm. Now, the skunk ape is slightly smaller than the true Sasquatch, and while it is commonly reported that the Sasquatch possesses a powerful, pungent odor, it is believed to be even worse with the skunk ape. Now, they are rumored to avoid detection by hiding in underground caves within the swamp and that those caves are thick with sulfurous gases, which give it the smell. Maybe they're just burning one all the time. They call <laughs> wow. the skunk ape is actually green, the fur. Yeah. Just burning that skunk down. Now, <laughs> so... That's how it got the name. So in... Uh, so, you know, some of the most common, you know, everybody's seen the Patterson-Gimlin footage, right? October 20th, yeah. 1967. Northern Cali. Uh, Northern Cali, right near the border of Oregon. That'll be our Just Google It. Check out Ooh. Patterson-Gimlin footage. And what else is up in Northern California right near the border there? Old Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta. Yep. And those tunnels, which we'll get into later. Now, 1958, the Shipton footprints... This was actually exposed as a hoax in 2002, but uh, both of these are really like the start of uh, Bigfoot gaining uh, nationwide um, following, if you will. You know, the, the phenomenon had caught on by this time. Mm. And um, so if you paid close attention in our uh, California UFOs episode, 
sightings of Bigfoot go f- as far back as uh, 1888. And, uh, you know, we'll just give you a little refresher on that incident. But if you want the whole story, go back and listen to that episode. I believe it's episode five, California UFOs. Now, so the story, basically to sum it up, um, this uh, cattleman um, was, he came across a tribe of Northern Amer- Native Americans um, up in Northern California and, you know, he saw a member of this tribe carrying raw meat into the woods to give to a hairy creature that he called Crazy Bear. Indians said he came down in a small moon. Now, according to Norman, evidence of the Sasquatch can date as far back as the Bible. Um, Book of Genesis, which is around 1400 BC. And so, Adam, it's going to now give you a reading from the book of Genesis. Now, my brothers and sisters, I just want to read to you today from the book of Genesis. Go ahead and bow your heads while you listen, please. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when they were sons of God, went to daughters of humans and had children with them. They were the heroes of old men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil at the time. Now, was that the Reverend Al Sharpton? That was the Colonel Sanders. (laughs) So, Norman claims that the Nephilim, Nephilim, how did you say it? Nephilim? Nephilim. Renowned. Ne- Nephilim. So, he, re- he says that the uh, Nephilim referred to in Genesis, which uh, were a race of giant men, thought to be angels, are actually ancient interpretations of what is today known as Bigfoot. And he says that a Bigfoot being is pure of pure natural spirit. And he goes on to claim that fallen angels spoken about in the Bible are actually fallen Bigfoot that have become corrupted, he says, upon breeding with human female. These Bigfoots become tainted or evil, i.e. an example would be Goliath. And then they need a lot of beef jerky to fuel that evil, according to the television. Okay, should I read the Jesus piece? Okay, so <laughs> so this guy, um, Norman, this pamphlet is crazy. If 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 uh, anybody wants to read it, just go ahead and shoot us an email at podcast from outer space. I'll I'll be sure to shoot you guys a copy. Um, so he goes on to claim in this pamphlet that um, Jesus was actually part Sasquatch. You know, he says, as he previously mentioned, uh, the biblical times, um, Sasquatch and humanity commingled and at times interbred. So uh, he says the Sasquatch being a creature of extraordinary power and sometimes including telepathy and possibly the ability to alter mental states and even memories. Um, He says it is possible the father of Jesus could be a Sasquatch. Now, while this level of power is unproven, there are those who believe that the Sasquatch 
not only can use their mental powers to cause humans to avoid them, but also remove memories from the humans at will. And if you need further evidence of this, please be sure to check out Sasquatch's Wild Weekend on Amazon. (laughs) Now, so basically, if you ran into a Sasquatch, he could simply, oh, just go in and remove those memories of the encounter. Kind of like clock stoppers. Mm. You know, they stop it, uh, do some shit, then get away, and then boom. I was thinking more like Men in Black. Well, with the little... The Flash. True. So, yeah, either, either of those... And um, so he says, you know, this is one of the great mysteries of Jesus was how Mary could have given birth. And it would be possible that she engaged in intercourse with a Sasquatch. And for some reason, the Sasquatch uh, later removed the memory of the event. In this way, she could become pregnant, but have no memory of the sex that led to it. Um, You know, he says she probably lived in a rural area. And uh, a lot of parts of that world are still undeveloped, so this is highly likely. And she came across a Sasquatch in the wild and attempted to seduce it. Um, She could have been successful, but afterwards the Sasquatch, fearing she would tell others of the secret of his kind, removed the memory of this event. Now the offspring of a human and a Sasquatch would be a being of much greater power than a normal human i.e., that's where we got Jesus. So, Jesus, Sasquatch? I mean, I'm more concerned. Now, you said Mary went out and seduced the Sasquatch. That's what this guy says, but, you know, we've got to take everything he says with a grain of salt. Well, I'm just curious. Does that mean he's like the original, he's like the Me First movement? He's the what? Instead of the Me Too movement, he's like the Me First movement. Oh, he got I guess taken advantage of by Mary. <laughs> pour some out for that guy. So another early um, Sasquatch report we have comes from 986 A.D., and this is from Leif Erikson and his men. So during the first landing in the New World, they wrote about man-like beasts that were horribly ugly, hairy, and with great black eyes. I mean, those guys landed in Canada, right? I'm not sure. If you've ever seen some Canadian women... Okay, well, I think this was long before Canadian women were up there. This Just is kidding, true. you're all beautiful. You're all beautiful. 986 AD. Now, come on, we can't go discouraging our Canadian women listeners like that. Um, well, he did technically land in what is now modern-day Canada. Okay, so 986 AD. Now, he says among his accounts, um, Leaf told of seeing huge hairy men who towered over him and his men. Uh, these huge hairy men, according to Leaf, lived in the woods and had a rank odor and a deafening shriek. Now, remember that, because that's going to come up later. Sounds like a middle school locker room. <laughs> and we'll get to that later in the podcast. It should be noted that uh, Leaf Erickson and his men describe huge man-like beasts that were loud and foul-smelling as clearly distinct from native peoples. They weren't just confusing these for... Native Americans or beautiful Canadian women. French women, Canadian yes. women. All right. Now they had several sightings of these beasts before departing the island, and they called the creature Skelrig. Skelring. That's badass. People believe that the creature Skelring is what we know today as Bigfoot. Now this is believed by many to be 
one of the earliest recorded encounters with Bigfoot. The only person getting confused back then was Christopher Columbus. He thought he landed in fucking India. You don't see us having a Leif Erikson day, do you? This guy discovered the Sam Squatch. We should have a Sasquatch day. This guy discovered a new world. I'm not even going to ask about <laughs> Now, um, so, you know, let's say some of our listeners want to go out there and find a Sasquatch. Mm. So Norman claims that the key to finding a Sasquatch is abandon every preconceived notion that we have. As most people rely heavily on technology, Norman claims the key is the exact opposite. He says that tech is the enemy and that a Bigfoot can sense that coming a mile away, probably more. And as we said before, Sasquatch are of pure heart and would only reveal itself to someone who is in tune with nature, Mm. like these hippies up at Mount Shasta or Native American tribes, which he says this is why Sasquatch sightings are more common among Native American tribes than, quote-unquote, white men. Well, two thoughts there. Um, I saw earlier, going into UFOs, the, the ideal time to spot one is on a Wednesday. I wonder if that best day to spot a Sasquatch, Saturday, Sunday? Not Nuclear Saturday. Well, not Nuclear Saturday. Um, also, you know, you got to drop your preconceived notions. I remember... Younger me, living out east, like this guy, you guys always take me on ghost hunts, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, ghost, shit's not real. But then the second I dropped that preconceived notion, I had a ghost encounter. And just like your UFO encounter right, from last right, episode. Right. So, yeah, that, that's perfect segue right into our next segment. So, you know, we, we gave you a background of uh, Sasquatch, you know, some history. Now, here at Podcast from Outer Space... We love aliens. Love them. So Sasquatch UFO connection is what we'll be leading into. Now, many Native American legends refer to Sasquatch as almost a ghost or a spirit-like creature. Uh, Legends go back for thousands of years about giants, wild men, beasts who live on the outskirts of civilizations. Now, even many ancient astronaut theorists believe that the Sasquatch is of E.T. origin. Um, Sukulos, you guys know him, Giorgio Sukulos from Ancient Aliens, says that um, Sasquatch are basically hybrids of extraterrestrials and humans. Now, this is also going back to the Genesis reference. And some ancient astronauts, theorists, say that uh, these Sasquatch were genetically made possibly to mine precious metals here on the Earth, or even are, could be part of some sort of long-term genetic experiment. And this could be an explanation of why we have no proof, because we aren't meant to find it. And we could be dealing with something that we perceive as primal, mm. but could actually be far more advanced, or come from something or somewhere that is far more advanced than us. See, I, I drew in research, I saw that uh, Earth is basically the Australia of the universe in the sense that these Sasquatch are sent here, you know, as like a punishment for their crimes. Whoa. So it's like a prison. Basically. Now, that was from, um, oh, what's his name? What's the gentleman's name? What's the fellow's name? The gentleman? It's uh, Rule. Dr. Steve Brule? I think that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, no, find that. Uh, I got the clip ready. Okay, okay. I What's still have the clip. Oh, here. sorry. Dr. Franklin Rule, PhD. Okay, yeah. So you know he's fake. It's <laughs> yeah. like a fake name. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, we've got a skeptic in the room. So Always. I think that keeps um, it real and relatable for the audience. So, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll play devil's advocate on this one. So, oh. possibly not a prison. Oh. <laughs> possibly not a prison. Continue. I don't know. Have you ever been to Earth? <laughs> been here so my whole fucking hell. life. <laughs> so, uh, we'll get into some of the... Um, Common UFO Bigfoot sightings. You know, as we said, we've got the Cattleman story from 1888. Now another one comes from... Oh, I'm going to stop you right there. While we're on the subject, I want to know what you guys think. I want to know, do you guys actually believe in the Bigfoot? Now, define the Bigfoot. Because, see, this man thinks there's plenty. I think there's one. You think there's just one? I think there's just one. And you think there's is like a whole species... Oh, several different species, as we'll see in these sightings, as we'll get to um, different fur types, different body types, different crafts that they drive. Mm. And, you know, small moons now. Yes. And a lot of these sightings happen in 73 to 74 and then again in the 80s. So I think we're getting them in waves, you know. Now, that is something I agree with. But what I don't agree with is that. These guys are using the Bible as a reference. That just doesn't make sense to me. Well, you know, he's just... And I'm not trying to get religious or political here, but I don't think he used the Bible as a reference point for anything. Okay, so here we go. This guy, Norman, Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, he's got a lot of uh, research. He went missing, you know, gave his life researching the topic you know you got to tip your hat off to him so you have to obviously um, you know we're going to use a little bit of his stuff for the background but he doesn't believe that um sasquatch are of et origin he thinks that they are they were born and bred right here on earth they're of the earth they're some sort of natural creature um he says that people going out looking for aliens are quacks (laughs) you know it's just like it's, it's like pot calling the kettle black. Right it's, it's bloods and crips with Bigfoot and <laughs> ufologists right here. We've got, you know, the Bigfoot guys think all the UFO guys are quacks, and the UFO guys think all the Bigfoot guys are quacks, and they think e- either one, if you try to get the connection, is going to diminish each other's uh, sect, you know, of what they believe in. Now, so, you know, take everything this Norman guy says with a grain of salt. Obviously. But... Using the Bible as a reference, you know, just like ancient aliens. I mean, the Bible, that's the most popular book of all time, right? Some might say it's the Quran. We base our entire year upon the Bible. Muhammad's so the most common name on earth. Yeah. Look at Read a fucking book. So, you know, using it as a reference, I don't really have a problem with. They're just saying, hey, these are examples of possible explanations for the Bible. They're trying to, you know, break it down because you don't have any preachers out there thinking that the Nephilim are Sasquatch or anything. You no know? one ever mentions Sasquatch. Well, there to might me be someone out there. We don't know. And if you are out there and they that's what you're believing, theology. Maybe hit us up. Send us an email. Hit us up, sign in those DMs. Okay, so one of our first connecting uh sightings. Um 
well, not really a sighting, but in the Siskoyou Mountain, Mountains of Oregon, um, people believe that there's elaborate tunnels under there. I mean, we talked about it on our Mount Shasta episode. Um, uh, they think these tunnels go all over the place. And um, many people theorize that this is the dwelling place for a lot of Sasquatch reported in the Pacific Northwest. Now, this could explain the sightings in so many places. And if extraterrestrials engineered them, obviously they didn't want us to find them. And we know alien species allegedly live underground. Um, you know, we've got Mount Shasta, we've got the Dulce facility, we've got uh, England Air Force Base, which we talked about in the last episode, where where Eisenhower signed the treaty with the Greys. So, you know, these ETs could have even built these caves or tunnel systems in order for the Sasquatch to get around. Now, going off what Adam was saying, it's a prison could be some sort of, uh, you know, like I said on the last episode, an experiment. Mm. They're putting these creatures out here, give them these little tunnels, run around and fuck with us, see, see you know, how we react and, and things like that. Yo, maybe it's like digging tunnels is like their consequence, like picking up trash on the side of the road, and sometimes these guys escape, get out in the world, causing chaos, pandemonium. Another theory. Well, another hypothesis, ah. if you will. So now we'll get into uh, Western Pennsylvania. This was in 1975, um, and this is a huge wave, probably the biggest wave of UFO and Bigfoot sightings uh, just outside of Greensboro, Pennsylvania. Um, a lot of this info comes from the documentary Invasion on the Chestnut Ridge. Go ahead and check it out. It's uh, free on Amazon Prime. Now, some newspaper clippings go back as far as the late 1800s, reporting wild, hairy man-apes in the forest. Um, earliest reported Bigfoot sighting with an eyewitness interview in this area goes as far back as 1931 in Indian Head, which is in Fayette County. Real uh, close to where I went to college. Yes. Now, according to Stan Gordon, do you know him at all? Uh, we're tight friends. We used to get a yingling every Thursday night. <laughs> so he, he began researching Sasquatch in this area in the late 60s and eventually set up a voluntary hotline for any paranormal activity, like uh, basically like real-life Ghostbusters. Mm. So in December of 1965, we have the Kecksburg crash. Um, and this story is all over the radio. Reports came in of a fireball seen over Ontario traveling over Detroit and heading southeast, scattering metal debris over parts of Michigan and northern Ohio, and finally landing in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. Now, what, what do you think this was? A meteor, a satellite, a plane crash? That's what it was written off as. Uh, reports came in from Kecksburg that an acorn-shaped craft the size of a small car landed in in a shroud of blue fluorescent smoke. And this craft was wrapped in what appeared to be hieroglyphic-like writing. Now, within an hour, a military convoy was on the scene. Armed soldiers guarded the scene and even went as far to point their rifles at unarmed citizens, ordering them off of a road where witnesses reported seeing a covered object on the back of a flatbed truck being removed from the field. 
Mm. I'm smelling a cover-up. Yep. Now, by the early 70s, you know, as we said earlier, this whole Sasquatch phenomenon was really ramping up in the U.S. We had the Patterson-Gimlin footage in 67. Uh, people were starting to, you know, it was starting to gain a following. So by 73, Gordon claims that these sightings were coming in from all along the Chestnut Ridge and would oftentimes be within days before or after a UFO sighting in the same area. Eventually, these escalated to UFO and Sasquatch being seen together. Now, in September of 1973, two women reported an eight-foot-tall white fur Sasquatch with a glowing ball of light run across the street and into the woods. Moments later, they spotted a craft in the sky that beamed down to where the Sasquatch had just ran. Oh, that sounds more like, uh, what's that, the time machine? You know what I'm talking about? Where they go forward in time and there's like the underground living people. Oh, yeah, the time machine yeah. by... Um, oh, Orson man. Welles. No. Oh. Hot tub time machine, is that what you're thinking of? Oh, it is H.G. Wells. I actually got a request from one of our listeners to do a biopic on him. I'd be, mm. I'd be into that. Okay. So, maybe that's coming up. So, um, <laughs> you think it sounds like the ending of that? You know what I'm talking about? Those creatures. I forget. Morlocks, is that what they are? I should know this. Maybe. I haven't. We, we'll get into that in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. But I get what you... Okay. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Well, that was not, in fact, a work of fiction. That was a real-life witness account. Ah. Those two witnesses. When did, the, when did that H.G. Wells story come out, though? When did he write that? Maybe uh, this guy got shit-faced, was reading a little H.G. Wells. 95, my friend. This guy, it was two women. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just said that. Yeah, and that was published in 1895. So you think they were reading H.G. Wells and got shit-faced? You got a better theory, guy? All right, skeptic once again. Skeptic strikes again. You heard it here first, folks. So now we'll get to the Fayette County case. Um, this was in October of 73, same year. Um 15 or so reports came in that night of a giant red glowing object about 100 feet in the air slowly moved towards the ground near a farm. Now, the eyewitness interview is actually, um, there's a clip of it in this documentary, Invasion on Chestnut Ridge. And basically, this came from, I believe it was the owner of that farm's son, who said he saw the object coming down in the distance Side of hell. I'll go check it out. You know, I can't see real good from the house. Let me go check this thing out. Always a good idea. And um, he had two young b twin boys with him, uh, Rick and Nick. And uh, they went with him, get to the top of the hill, and they see uh, a big, powerful red glow from where the object had landed. It was illuminating a large portion of the field, and they heard what sounded like a crying baby. And these shrieks got louder. And uh, one of the boys pointed out a humanoid figure walking towards them. He reports two seven to eight foot tall figures walking in single file about five, six feet apart from each other, walking along the fence line towards them with glowing red eyes and moving very slowly. Now he fired, uh, I believe it was two incendiary rounds in their direction, no movement, fired again and he hit the front one it says after this happened the front one reached out for the back one 
And boom, the light from the ship just went out and they both ran off back towards the ship. Uh, he says the farmer ran off too as one of the kids had already started screaming and running off. And um, they actually say in the documentary when they went back with one of the eyewitnesses, I'm not sure who it was, uh, they went back to the exact location and he fell to his knees as he started having visions of, you know, the apocalypse, end times, and it just basically like fucked his mind up. Like he got psychologically damaged from this. I see. I mean, this sounds like the plot to E.T. right here. Yeah. Now, uh, there's a ton of accounts from 73 to 74. One of a, a man who claims to have hit an ape-like monster in his car, which suddenly vanished upon impact. All right. So we're popping over to Wisconsin, where dairy farmer William Bosack of Frederick, Wisconsin, was returning from a co-op meeting. 10.30 p.m. on December 9th, 1974, nearly slammed into a globular UFO on the road in front of him. The bottom half was enshrouded in fog, and inside the visible, transparent dome was a six-foot-tall ape-like creature with reddish-brown fur covering his body, except for the face, and distinctive pointed ears. It appeared to be operating a control panel. As Bozak passed by, the object suddenly arose and disappeared from sight. I heard he had a hankering for cats. <laughs> That's the plot of Alf. Oh. <laughs> so um, jumping ahead to uh, year is 76. Um, this is Great in, year. Great beer. Yeah. So this is in Whitehall, New York, and this is the Abar Road incident. Now, um, this was August of 76. Uh, Whitehall is in, like, upstate New York, um, northwestern part of the state and uh, several teens and police officers had sightings of what was described as a seven foot tall humanoid gorilla with again glowing red eyes and emanating a high-pitched squeal in whitehall albany and even rockland county new york a cluster of ufo sightings was also reported around the same time as this case now in Whitehall, about a week before the Abar incident, a woman reported a small disc-like craft land in her yard. And when she called the uh, police dispatcher, told him to come, you know, check it out. And uh, when the police chief Goslin and deputy dispatcher Bob Martell got there, they reported the grass was matted down in a perfect circle and still warm. Now... This was in Whitehall. Now, we also, as I said before, had that, you know, patch of sightings in Rockland County. Now, just what do we think was going on in Rockland County in 1976? I'm thinking a rock show. <laughs> well, no. There was actually a nuclear power plant, which was coincidentally completed that year. Mm. Now, as we talked about in our Cali UFO episodes, these extraterrestrial beings have a vested interest in our nuclear technology you know so do the koreans well et's would even have a vested interest in the koreans <laughs> nuclear technology dennis rodman so um jumping ahead to another uh bigfoot ufo report this again this comes from uh, south america and this is from a South American newspaper, which I actually found a clipping. 
of the original newspaper. And uh, so this was uh, two Chilean men stumbled across this incredible space alien and his amazing flying craft while hiking through a remote area of the Andes Mountains. Now, this was in 1981. Um, but I believe the sighting, this was the paper was published in 1981. I believe the sighting was in 1980. Um, and this comes from um, a respected architect by the name of Oscar Zamoro, who says, as we neared the clearing, we suddenly saw a cigar-shaped metal vehicle with a flat top. It measured about 40 feet by 10 feet and was about 80 yards away. Now, he says, at first, we, had stumbled, we thought we had stumbled upon a military installation. But when we walked around the other side of the craft looking for an insignia, we were shocked to see a hairy, human-looking creature at least six feet tall. He could have been mistaken for a gorilla, except for his human-shaped body and face. Uh, beside the dark hair, the strangest thing about him was that he had no discernible neck. Uh, he says the creature did not see them, and they hid for about 15 minutes. The creature stood still, and there was no movement from inside the craft. Finally, they decided to move a little bit closer. Um, when a metal ladder descended and the creature began to climb it. Uh, within seconds, he was inside the craft, which started to suddenly ascend and rose like a helicopter. When it was about 20 yards off the ground, they were almost bind blinded by glaring white, red, and yellow lights, mm. just like you saw. And uh, this illuminated the mountainside. After a few seconds, the craft disappeared at an incredible speed, leaving only burned vegetation behind. Now, the other witness was a judge. You know, he said he didn't want, he was reluctant to talk about the experience to anyone because, quote, I don't want to go on record as a man who had lost his head, unquote. But he said there was no question in his mind that whatever he saw, um, hairy creature, the craft, they were both definitely not of this earth. Now, there's a lot of skeptics out there like myself, and some people don't have the belief in the, the Bigfoot, the Sasquatch, the Sam Squatch, because there's really no proof of any bodies, any bones ever being found, brought to light. You know, I actually read an article the other day about a guy that said that he hunted and killed a Bigfoot, only to find out it was a hoax, and he just made a rubber Sasquatch dummy carrying it around with him, telling people that it was real. But we'll go to July 1980. There's an eruption on Mount As if he didn't think people were going to say... <laughs> yeah, like people would want to touch it or, you know, examine it. Some medical people might want to check it out, some scientists. Hey, I shot this Bigfoot over here. Check it out, but don't come near me. Don't touch it. Now, okay, playing the skeptic side, just before you get into that story, me and Adam, me and T-Bag were talking about this earlier. <laughs> now, I think... Okay, do you think it's what Norman was saying? A Bigfoot appears only to the simpleton people, or is it really just <laughs> the all the people in these documentaries, you know, rural West Virginia, Pennsylvania, up in the Pacific Northwest, they're all the same type of people, just like guys with beards that are like dirty mountain men that are just slamming bush light, like... <laughs> 
Hit, yeah, I saw him right up the hill there. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that thing. And this is the perfect spot to put in that little clipping from North Carolina where the guy claims that a Sasquatch was eating his dog or trying to until he scared him off. The Sasquatch going after his dog. This thing was 10 foot tall. He had beautiful hair. I come out here and rough talked him and run him off. And I said, get away from here. Get. Get. And he went right back at that path again. Rough talked him, scared him off. Well, and we'll get to it later in the podcast after the story time's over, but I got a little theory I was going to drop on you guys. But anyways, we'll go to July 1980. Now, this is to do with evidence? A little bit to do with evidence. Okay. But surprisingly, there's not a lot that I could find on it because it's what some people might call a government cover-up. Okay. So, Washington State. Mount St. Helens eruption in July of 1980. Reportedly up to 20 dead Bigfoots were dredged out of a river after the volcano eruption. They were taken to a helicopter to a place where all the dead animals from the eruption had been buried in a landfill. These Bigfoot bodies are claimed to have been guarded by National Guard troops. Hmm. Now, I did find one report online that said a National Guard who was there at the time and was told that this was a quote-unquote confidential mission that they were on. That's really the only other story that I could find besides this report right here. But they were guarded by National Guard troops. When asked what was to be done with them, the troops said that authorities were probably going to study them. A mysterious truck comes, picks up the bodies, takes them away. Five witnesses, one named Fred Bradshaw reported that the Bigfoots were discovered by searchers and hauled away by the government, including Army and National Guard. And probably men in black. But in the National Guard report that I saw on the other website, it was saying that there were men in black type people there, quote unquote, that seemed to have been trying to communicate with the Bigfoots that were actually still alive because some of them weren't fully dead. At the time. So they were on their last dying breath. Yeah, and we got these men in black guys here. Now that's also... They're trying to talk with them. That's similar to the Kecksburg crash um, we talked about earlier. There was reports of... So after the crash and the army convoy comes on, it was like there was a lot of Bigfoot sightings in this trailer park. Mm -hmm. And one of the things was even this Bigfoot like lifted up this lady's trailer. Well, and they found a footprint and everything. Of course. And a bunch of people saw it, and they said this guy they had never seen came up, black suit, said he worked for the government, was taking a picture, and this little kid went in to get his Polaroid and take a picture, and the government agent just snatched the photo from him, messed up the footprint, got in his car, and just sped off, and they never saw him again. And that guy, Gordon, who was... Gordon Chumway. Um, Stan Gordon, who was investigating all the cases. You said you grabbed a yingling with him. Oh, yeah. Um, He says, you know, they never found out who that guy was or or what he was doing there, never saw him again. So, you know, the government, they're on to these Bigfoot ETs, and they're keeping it a secret, you know. Massive cover-ups going on nationwide. Men in black, dude, it's real. 
also an upcoming episode. So, you know, what are we thinking with all this evidence? We think there's a clear connection between these uh, Sasquatch, Samsquatch, and um, UFOs, ALFs? I think there definitely is. I mean, me and T-Bag were talking earlier, like, uh, you know, you've got the government um, sending out these disinformation sci-fi movies. Like, you know, we've got Star Wars with Chewbacca, inspiration from Bigfoot. We've got ALF. Does that really count as a Sasquatch? Well, you know, he's a smaller version, and the government puts out these shows. Skunk Ape. Could be. Yeah. You don't think ALF was... Oh, I know he was. <laughs> Why do you think he was trying to eat those cats? <laughs> you ever get so high you try to eat a cat, man? <laughs> God damn so um, there's this one guy. Uh, this is from the uh, Illustrated Guide to Reported Alien Species. Great um, read, great and it's read. the article on interdimensional Bigfoots. Um, this Irish author and researcher, Ronan Colin. Colin. How would you read that name? I wouldn't. That's your job. Colan. Co- Colan. Roland Colan. Uh, <laughs> Ronan Conan. Sounds like a bad medical side effect. Ronan Colan. He's got a metaphysical take on Bigfoot. So, you know, he was interviewed by Mysterious Universe's Nick Redfern in 2012, and he talked about... Uh, Bigfoot in light of scientific theories like parallel universes and wormholes, which we know a lot of ETs do. And as we were talking about before, um, with the guy who was like traumatized by the visions of end times, these Bigfoots are just, boom, they're projecting these images. And like Norman said with the Jesus thing, they can snatch your memory at will to avoid detection. So I think we're dealing with something that's beyond our understanding when it comes to Bigfoot. And we, just like before, we think it's primal when really it's far more advanced or comes from somewhere that is far more advanced. Mm. And this guy, um, this Irish guy, I will not butcher his name anymore. (laughs) He says in the interview, quote, if you vibrate at a different rate, you are not seen. You are not tangible. And then when your vibration changes, you are seen, you are tangible. Maybe this has something to do with Bigfoot appearing and disappearing in a strange fashion. Um, When asked about Bigfoot sightings around UFOs, he said, if UFOs travel by wormholes and if Bigfoot does the same, that might allow for a connection between the two. Now... That's similar to Mount Shasta, where it's like on another frequency, you know? This is just like another dimension. Like we were talking about the midgets of Mount Shasta. They're they're vibrating on another dimension, which we can't see. You know, we don't have access to it. Similar to Bigfoots, they could be interdimensional ETs, you know? We just, this is some intelligence far greater than human understanding. I don't know if I agree with that. Skeptic as always. Never going to fail. Raining on the parade. I'm not trying to rain on the parade. I'm just saying I think that the Sasquatch is too relatable to mankind. So it's hard to believe that it's an extraterrestrial. I would like to believe that it is of this world. But I also think that just how some people, you know, maybe they can have telekinetic powers. 
maybe the, maybe it's all bullshit. Who knows? Who am I to say? But I'm thinking maybe if this Sasquatch does exist and it is related to us, maybe they're just on a higher level. Maybe they're they have that telekinesis power to communicate with extraterrestrials, and that's why there's so many relations in UFOs and Bigfoot sightings because they have a power that we don't to communicate with extraterrestrial life. Well, it's all possible. Obviously, we don't know the answer. Maybe we'll have to go out there, uh, bare bones nature, when we go up to Mount Shasta, try Field to vibrate work. on another frequency. Maybe get some of that skunk ape. <laughs> now, uh, you know, alien connection or not, real or not, We'll end this one on what I think is a is a comical note. Um, so this lady, Claudia Ackley of Crestline, California, which is in San Bernardino County, she actually sued California Fish and Wildlife. This was like just last month. She filed for a lawsuit against California Fish and Wildlife for not recognizing Bigfoot as a species. She says, I ran into a Sasquatch. A Bigfoot. We were face to face. He was 30 feet up in the tree. He looked like a Neanderthal man with hair all over him. He had solid black eyes. He had no expression on his face at all. He did not show his teeth. He just stared at the three of us. She was with her two daughters. This is that video you showed me earlier? Yeah. And but this needs to be our just Google. This, oh, this is a I didn't real think treat. it was that good of a video. I, uh, the, yeah, but just the idea that this lady is suing the California. Yeah, based on that. <laughs> yeah. So she says, you know, people have, have to be warned about these things. They're harmful. <laughs> They're big. And we were totally vulnerable to these things. Uh, the lawsuit filed on January 18th of, of 2018 alleges the State Department's of failing to acknowledge the existence of the Sasquatch species despite documented and scientific evidence, according to Press Enterprise. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to keep our legion of listeners posted on uh, what happens with this lawsuit. Definitely be uh, keeping my eyes on the California Fish and Wildlife website. Yes, and, uh, you know, any Bigfoot theories you guys have, any Sasquatch theories, you know, sightings, we'd, we'd love. Yeah, sightings, pictures. I, I emailed a couple people about sightings. Uh, we were actually supposed to have a story. Perhaps that will be next week. Uh, we can include that as a little extra bonus for you guys. Um, so, signing off on this one. Just wanted to give a shout out to the OG skateboarding Sasquatch, Chris Haslam. Go ahead and check out. Almost round three. Anything from you over there, Skunk Ape? Hey, once again, you know, we're sending these stickers out. So if you guys want to get some, I'll let your boy get us at uh, Podcast from Outer Space on Instagram. Or, you know, old school, hit us with that email, Podcast from Outer Space at gmail.com. Yeah, and uh, thanks again for listening out there, everybody. Um, Stay safe. So long. Thanks for all the fish. They call me Sasquatch. Please check the watch. This is Bigfoot. Don't get it shook. Out in Japan. They call me Godzilla. Up in Africa. King Kong Gorilla. 
encounters are terrifying. It was all hairy uh, from head to toe. Thousands have reported seeing this beast. We just gotta see it to believe it. The evidence has been elusive until now. They call me Sasquatch. Please check the watch. Please check the time. I'm like Turpentine.